Welcome to Face It, I'm your host Matt and you are tuning in to part two of our Last of Us 2 review with Tyler Matherson, Josh Henricks, and myself. Here we go. Really? Like during that part, I was talking about my favorite part of the game, yeah. when you go to the island and you fight the Scars, or the Seraphites, sorry, I'm being Scar. <laughs> um, you gotta be PC with them. Uh, yeah, you gotta be PC with them. Make sure you're preferring to the real Their actual title. Yeah. Um, I didn't kill anyone. I avoided really? killing. Yeah, I tried my best to avoid killing anyone. And every time I did, I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're not a bad guy. I'm so sorry. And I think that's why I probably love the game. Because it made me, after a while, go, oh, I don't want to kill these people. These people are just as evil or good or whatever as I am. And see, you're the audience Neil wants playing the game. Exactly. You are exactly what he was like going that's for. That's what he's going like, for. And, and it worked for me. then everybody else, he's basically just saying can go fuck themselves. And I totally understand. Them, yeah. And but... I totally understand why people would think, oh, this is cheesy. Yeah. Like you forced me to choke out Abby at the end, yeah. Neil. Why would I care? But at the same time, it's like, oh, but she's just as bad as I am. Ah, and yeah. you're like conflicted. And that's what I love about the game. And every single aspect for me makes it feel that way. The gameplay-wise, you, you know, it's brutal. You're going around, you're killing people. All the notes, the storyline, like everything. That's what I love. My favorite games have almost like a unifying kind of theme or a feature in it that make it almost more cohesive. And that's an overlying why I love, image yeah. of what they're trying to portray. That's why I love like God of War. I love that. Like almost every single part of the game is telling in the arc of the story. Gameplay-wise, story-wise cutscene wise so, something even story. with god of war that like i didn't i've played through the game like three times now and something i didn't do until this latest playthrough is like read atreus's journal entries and it's like a whole other level to the story you're now getting from his perspective yeah. and it's hilarious because there's a point there's a journal entry i forget which one but it's like the last line is Father doesn't even read these. I don't know why I write them. <laughs> yeah. And it's like so funny because it's like, yeah, I've played through this game three times and I've never read these Atreus <laughs> and I'm doing them now. Thank you, Sony Santa Monica, for putting the effort in, I th knowing that probably 10% of people that play the game are actually going to look at these. My only issue with God of War, my one and only issue. How dare you criticize my, the game, Re? My one issue is... God of War, Kratos, never basically ever calls his son by his real name and just calls him boy. I love that. No, I game. love boy. I love boy. It's like... Oh, uh, um, man, distance. Are, haven't you ever been a distance father? You don't... You're not... He's not close enough well, with not, the son on name privileges. I was going to say, it's like uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders, oh, Raiders, oh my God, uh, Last Crusade, yeah. where he keeps calling him junior, junior. And by the end, he finally calls him Indiana. And it's like, yes. yes! You feel so like um, fulfilled. They're like, yeah. yes, they're finally together, and that's I also it, it's you know it, it, it's a good meme. Yeah, boy. It, 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 it launched a hundred t-shirts. It's fine. Do you think he had to record boy? Boy, boy, like, in different so ways. Good. Like how many times do you think he recorded it? Oh, thousands. Oh my god. Like, I think about party? like how many hours of his footage, like of audio of Roger Clark, like. Uh, Arthur Morgan's voice actor just doing like horse whistles and like <laughs> that's, that's good so like true. hey that's a good boy like how many unused lines of that just exist on a rock star computer <laughs> Probably somewhere so many 
All right. All <laughs> just right, Roger. gigs upon gigs of audio. All right, Roger. Of, Today uh, we're just... doing the horse sounds. All right, and he goes, "Oh God, not again." This is the second day. Okay, pour <laughs> me the whiskey. Can you yeah. do like a high pitched whistle and then two quicker whistles after that, please? You're gonna need yeah. eight different samples of that. That whistle wasn't quick enough. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they have like whistle people. It's like they oh. auditioned and they're like, "All right, this person sounds like Roger. You're gonna be our whistle guy." <laughs> Right or something like that, because I mean that is expensive. Yeah, that is expensive getting your guy to do everything. But I mean, it's one star, so I going back to uh, to Detroit Become Human. The the actor that played Connor, he talked about what it was like making the game, and he said it was it sucked with doing the mocap because you you have to like get all eight directions because you got to know what ways the player's going. So he'd be like, "All right, for this scene, you got to step forward." And then you got to step back, and then you got to step in every direction, oh and God. then you got to step forward, and then you got to step in every direction, and that's how they do the scene. That's awful. Uh, and how they have to map it out. Oh my! Oh, that how do you horrible. even act? Yeah, because I imagine. <laughs> oh, because you know, whenever you're in like an elevator or something, you know, you spin your character around. Yeah. I can imagine him having to do that <laughs> as a c- emotional scenes happening because they had to, we have to make sure the mocap is right yeah. for when someone's spinning. That's <laughs> gonna be so stupid, like. <laughs> I can imagine that. Oh my god, that'd be horrible. Oh man, I feel like so. I, I guess we can move on this. Do you guys think the response of the game is warranted? Because I feel like people are getting a little more upset than is necessary. I I think Neil is a little bit on his high horse for this game because of the success of The Last of Us and the success of Uncharted. And uh, personally, I do believe that. Like maybe the audience isn't right for the right the reasons they think they are, but I, I agree with the audience saying like this isn't my Last of Us kind of thing. Like where you have that group of people, this like really mob mentality where they're just they used to like literally all these people. I would look on their Twitter and be like, I fucking love Neil Gaiman or like whatever. I like, heard Neil Durkman and it's just like you know like Neil Durkman's the best. He and can I do love nothing wrong. He's a and visionary. Then you look like three months later and it's just like i fucking hate neil he ruined the last of us what yes. the fuck is this this isn't my last of us i wanted to kill abby why would you make why me would kill abby? why would you do this to me i didn't want to I play demand the person. a rewrite yeah. yeah i want a new game there was a petition there's a petition like the game of thrones one yeah i know i saw that i did oh man it's you know the first game still exists like exactly. you can just play the first one and just pretend there's not a sequel yeah see for me with the response to the game i mean i think they took a risk which i appreciate so i think it's totally valid why people don't like it but similar to what you said man i think they're mad for the wrong reasons like we're just making fun of if you're still mad that you didn't get to kill abby i honestly think you didn't understand the game there were, you, to a certain extent yeah like you didn't get the point you didn't that get Neil the was point. getting across no, I, yeah i think i think the cheesy. point is you got to learn to forgive her and if you can't do that then i just i don't know i don't yeah. know you did you, you lost it's i guess a, almost like he's teaching people a lesson of forgiveness forgiveness and seeing things in other people's shoes yeah. empathy that's the, almost the whole that's almost more of the message of the game than revenge is bad and if someone who has never actually wanted to put themselves in someone else's shoes or never thought about it in their life. You know, like being forced to do it. It's just like, what? I don't want to do this. No, yeah. I don't like this character. Yeah. You're now, making me play this. No. Yeah. Now when people say, yeah, the Abby part is, I don't like it. Cause she's a mean character. I understand what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's totally valid. The whiplash that you have in the midpoint of the game, when you switch to Abby is so true. 
I felt the same way too. It had to get me until the second day to realize, oh, okay, I get and, it. And I'm past that point though. Like yeah. I made it all the way to the aquarium and I still was just like, I still don't like Abby yeah. as a person. Like I don't like anything she's doing. And I, of course, I know the ending of the game. And so like the way it ends, like also is just like, okay. Like the whole thing with Ellie's PTSD has always thrown me off because if she didn't have PTSD from when she was 12 years old killing those people, how does she have PTSD now? Like, I get she's killed way, way more people now, but it's just like, is it just when she was 12, it didn't emotionally, she didn't completely understand the effect of what she was doing, and that's why? Well, the PTSD is more to do with Joel's death and how she felt like she couldn't avenge it in a certain way or couldn't I, help him. But that's kind of not how PTSD someone. always, like, that's not how PTSD should completely be portrayed i think in the game because she literally kills hundreds of people who yeah, have families that's, that's have fair. lives yeah. and she slowly recognizes that thanks to abby near the end of the game yeah. where abby's like you're killing all these people these are my friends you're killing well, i think it's a general you, you literally in abby's first day you walk into like a morgue area and it's yeah. like of just body bags upon body bags of From all the wolves Ellie that have died and, like uh, over the past day and a half Tim, i think his name Dina. no or no jesse Jesse. No, no, it's whoever the uh, Joel's brother is. Oh, Tommy? Because oh, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy comes through first. That's yeah, where sure. all the first dead bodies are from. No, I think those are from... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because Tommy comes through first. And I imagine oh. if there's a if there's a story DLC, are we feeling it's like a, the Tommy's perspective? Probably. Probably. And I totally forgot. I lied. My favorite part of the game is the sniper part. Oh. When you find out it's Tommy. That's yeah. the best part of the game. That is such a... Because you hate the sniper. You mm -hmm. hate him. And you're like, I want him to die. He kills the Oh, and, the one and he just Latino blows guy. Mandy's head off. Mandy's oh, head off. my God. And you're like, no, not Mandy. He was awesome. What the hell? This stupid sniper. I'm going to go kill him. And there's this great moment where after his, Mandy's head gets blown off, you go into the you go into the restaurant or whatever. And she has like a moment where it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then she goes back to killing Jolmo where it's like, I'm going to get this fucker. And you go up to him and he smashes through the window. And you're like, I'm going to get him. And you're like, oh, no, it's Tommy. <laughs> they don't like announce it or anything. No. Like there's not a moment where it's like, the reveal is Tommy. No, it's just they go out to it like and it's just from him. Abby and it's just him. And you're like, oh, no, it's Tommy. Uh, don't kill him, please. I think honestly, my one of my favorite moments, if it's not like a gameplay moment. Speaking of that, oh, it's Tommy part yeah. is is when Abby confronts Ellie in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And she I, I mainly just passed this part in my playthrough and she just goes, I we let you live and you wasted it. And I'm like, yeah. They kind of did. Yeah. They, they, they had them dead to rights, like easily could have, and even discussed it. They both, like multiple of their party wanted to kill Tommy and Ellie, yeah. but Abby was the swing vote and said, no, this is no, their lesson. Favorite. They'll live. We only wanted Joel. And uh, that wasn't good I, enough actually, for Ellie and Tommy. Yeah, I guess. So there was three people who agreed with Abby saying was, they shouldn't kill them. From my understanding, it was Owen that was like, no, 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 yeah, we shouldn't do because, this. Mandy and the kid yeah. were like, no, let's just kill him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, I forget her name, the pregnant lady. Meg, yeah, the pregnant lady was like, was we, we can't leave loose ends. Yeah. Which is crazy because literally right after that, she gets pregnant. She's probably the most inconsistent character yeah. in the whole game. Um, which is, I mean, whatever. She's not, a main, she's not a main character. She's so just a character development. Yeah. She's just used as a tool, yeah. kind of. Literally. literally. Yeah, sadly, yeah, when she ends up dying, because you don't know if she's pregnant yet. Um, but I forgot my train of thought, so you guys continue. Oh, it's okay. As I, as I try to remember what I was going to say. Um, but uh, with The Last of Us, I guess Last of Us 2, fall, they, Neil wanted to follow a dynamic similar to The Last of Us 1. 
he wanted to bring in that fear factor. He wanted to make people cry at the beginning of the game in the first like three or four hours, just like he did in the first game. And the only way Josh and I originally, before the game even came out, we realized he could do this is, of course, by killing Joel. And that's why we had a, kind of assumed he was going to die. Do you, so, sorry I to think, interrupt you there. Do you really think his when he went into it, he really thought, I'm going to make people cry? Yes. I, I think, think so. that's what he goes for. No, I, think I don't think how so. How he opens all of his scripts is, I need something to blow people's minds. And then that'll continue the journey. Yeah, but I don't think his motivation is, oh, I'm going to make people cry. I think it's just a genuine, like, this is the most motivating way I can get the character and the audience I, I, to be aligned. I mean, I think some people imagine Neil Druckmann, like, hunched over his computer being like, I can hear the gamer tears already. (laughs) (laughs) As he's, like, writing, and then Joel's head smashes like a cheap watermelon. Like, he's... But like I, I think he he generally just he's like, I think like anybody writing a game, I think he just wanted to make a gamer feel something, which mm-hmm. you know maybe he just had to try really 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 hard, and maybe he went too overboard with it at points. See, I don't think I don't think it is overboard because it's it. Oh, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily overboard, but like I definitely think he like really wanted to get the point of his narrative across and he has like the entire developments like you can look he never had a, he always said this game was going to be ugly he's like i am writing an ugly game this isn't this isn't go-. he's like he never wrote it to be enjoyable and it is enjoyable because i like media that makes me feel sad and depressed and makes me question why i'm doing things yeah this game is but uh but like not many people play video games for that reason no most people play them to be happy and not to feel these kind of feelings about about a game months after you finished it neil's always definitely felt that his games are all an artistic form and i don't know i just watching neil throughout his game development life cycle like making working on uncharted making last of us making Last of Us 2, and now he's working on this TV show. The TV show, or sorry, the TV show will set in stone for me, I think, and prove, at least to me, that there is a formula he has to the way he writes his scripts. Because if he writes this HBO show, either with or without Ellie and Joel, and has that shock factor at the beginning, it proves to me that he has a formula. Because he wrote in Uncharted 4, there's that shock factor at the beginning. When? You find out he has a brother. It's not really a shock factor. I don't know. That's pretty crazy because you just played through. Three it is. Games. It is. It is like a weird thing to reveal four games in that Nathan Drake has this brother he's never mentioned up to this point. I see what you mean. I think I'm thinking more like, oh, this is the shocking twist. It's not really a twist. More of, oh, wait, what? Yeah, he and likes to just him. question you. He yeah. likes to make you question mm-hmm. a situation. And with Joel losing his daughter, it's just like, holy fuck! Like you just watch the guy. I'm not sure if he wrote the first Uncharted game, but whoever wrote the twist that like, like inside out Nazi zombies were the third act twist deserves like several writing awards. I forget her name off by her name is Amy Henning. Oh yeah. She's left Naughty Dog at this point. And some people blamed that's because that's the reason last of us two was written bad. And I'm like, she wasn't involved in the first one. I don't think so from my understanding it was Amy Henning for the first one. Then I'm pretty sure it was Amy Henning, um, some other guy and then Neil for number two. Yeah. Then they did three. It was just, um, Amy Henning, she left. Then Neil was Last of Us. Yeah. Then Neil was Uncharted, Uncharted 4. 4. Then, then over and over Neil yeah. again. Um, 
but yeah, there's wow, yeah, he that's has weird because I don't, I think I like Uncharted 3 story the least. I agree. It nah, just, there's a first one is worse. Nutty Dog has I'll this issue where I, I agree, first one's the worst because you have to go back to the island and that drags on, but that's because of budgeting reasons. It's the worst. Fair. If the story's not like the story's good, it's the budget that they had that made the game shitty. But is it though by the end when what's his name dies, you're like, okay, cool. But like Roman, when he gets uh, poisoned they by the magic, uh, tried to juice. include too many villains. Yeah, and it's like, oh, Navarro's the villain. I'm like, who? Okay, yeah, who's this guy? Looney Tunes kill you at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this way with Uncharted and even Last of Us where they, I don't know if you find this, but there's a sluggish part always. There's this sluggish not third act fourth act maybe or fifth act it's like in between those like where it's just like near in between the middle of the game you just find this draggy part it's, where you just like oh, i don't want so to do this like anymore. before the weird supernatural stuff starts yeah, happening yeah. exactly and you're like this is dumb and in last of us 2 that part is right before the big uh resident evil monster part yeah that part when you're in that hotel and you're finding clickers is like a the biggest drag ever it is and it really sucks because i think the Resident Evil part would be so much better if you weren't finding infected literally the last area. Yeah. And it feels like, oh no, more infected. Now it just feels like, oh, now I have to do this. Now more infected, but in a hospital. Yeah. And it's like, oh, great. But then the monster comes. You're like, oh, sweet. But I feel like it would have been so much better if If they they didn't have the clickers there. Yeah. They somehow changed up that one pacing. That's the biggest issue I have with the game. It's like a a good example of when they do it is in Ellie's Day 3, where there's no infected on the boat, and then you fight a random, like, super infected boss from the first game. I'm forgetting the name of it. The bloater. Uh, huh? Bloater. A bloater. And Ellie just goes, "That where the fuck have you been hiding this entire time? And it's, (laughs) like, a really fun mini-boss reveal. And I definitely think if the Rat King was handled in a similar way, it would have had a much better effect. I agree. And uh, with The Last of Us 1, if you think about, like, for me at least, the dragon part was going through the tunnel, like going through the... Oh, really? Me for the university. Yeah, the new university dragged on too. But, like, I think because the tunnel was right after that, like, I pushed my through my myself through the university in, like, one sit down. And then I got into the, like, were you going through the tunnel to get yeah. now to the hospital or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I just don't want to play the game anymore. Just... Maybe it's because I did finish that college part and it dragged on so much and then I got to the end of it and I was just like, this sucks. Well, it's right after winter, that part. So I was like, okay, yeah. a nice kind of downtime, just gamey part. But nope. Um, I didn't find that part super egregious. Yeah. I think it's short enough where I'm like, okay, cool. It's basically the part where you fight the most infected and you use all your yeah. flamethrowers and stuff, which is, I always, this part probably my least favorite part yeah. of The Last of Us games in general. I like the infected fights. They're pretty good most of the time, but I mean, whenever it's like, oh, the, you have to use all your energy, like all your resources. Resources that you've collected over yeah. the whole game, basically. Which I mean, I guess is the point. You have to use them eventually, but I never liked the whole, now it's time to guns blazing. Like, I, Last of Us was never that for me. Yeah. It's not Resident I, I do think a thing The Last of Us 2 does really well, speaking on that, like, use all your ammo. It does a really good job where it's like, there's eight pistol bullets in this room, and you'll need about eight pistol bullets to kill the three clickers in here. Yeah. So it's like, you will only give you what you need, and you better learn to use what we give you. And it, it's a, it, it really gets you into a survivalist mindset, you know, kind of without holding your hand like some other games do. Yeah, exactly. This game, like Last of Us 2, I feel like you can't game, if you know what I mean. Like, you can't cheat it. 
you can't find it. You can if you do a custom game mode and you're like, give me all the resources, you kind of can, but yes. definitely just playing standard. You yeah, there's no real way yes. to like. Even on easy, the game isn't the easiest thing in the world. I played on, I think, hard the first time. Though. I played on hard too. Talking about trophies, uh, the original game only had like what six or seven or eight trophies. The original game is like yeah, around sixteen, I think. But honestly, half of them are like complete the game, complete the game, yeah. complete the and game. Then this one is like they're just like, how easy can we make it now? Yeah, I know everyone complained about the first yeah. game. Now it's like just complete the game. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to worry about the other difficulties. Collect everything. It's all good. Don't worry. You'll get the yeah. problem. And then it's weird because coming from Uncharted where they have like collect 20 collectibles, collect 30 collectibles, collect 40, collect 180 collectibles, collect all the collectibles yeah. of this type. And it's just like, what the fuck, well, I man? I think it's just different. Collect this one secret collectible. Yes. It's a reference like, to our other game. Yep. Like the Uncharted ring or the egg from Jack and Dexter that are in. Yeah. Also, speaking of that rain, headcanon, I'm, I'm, my headcanon is that's Nathan Drake. You Sully. missed it. Didn't I, you the first time I missed the ring, yeah. but I got the story of it. I'm like, oh, this is a cool story. They robbed the bank. Sweet. And I left. I didn't get the ring. And then Matthew goes, oh, did you find the ring? And I'm like, what do you mean? What ring? And he goes, oh, you can find Nathan Drake's ring in the bank. I'm like, what? I went there. There's no ring there. Played it again. I found it. I'm like, God, that would be so cool. I, I actually watched a video of Nolan North discovering the ring. So oh, uh, they had a IGN video of, uh, or no, it was on Troy Baker and Nolan North's uh, podcast, I think. It's not Troy Baker's anymore. He left. Oh, he left their podcast? Yeah. Oh, he's okay. too busy or something, whatever reason. Oh. But he's gone now. It's but just Nolan North. When it was still Troy Baker, they, they played The Last of Us 2, right? And mm -hmm. Troy Baker introduced him to that, that scene. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go into the bank. And then Troy's like, yeah, like, look, what's in here, man? Like, check out this. And he's like, he just dies laughing. He's like, wow, look at that. Someone kept the fucking collector's edition ring and put it in a safe. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> the um, I was surprised Nolan North wasn't in this game. Yeah, he wasn't in he this wasn't one. He wasn't in it. No. I was surprised because I was expecting a David type, like another, oh, this was Nolan North type thing. But they never got that. Not even an extra. I mean, an extra, not even nothing. Maybe they avoided it just for the sake of not, you know, not having that Nolan North voice. Because mm -hmm. as much as, you know, Nolan North His is a great actor. His voice is so unique. Yeah, we mentioned this earlier. I think Tyler mentioned it earlier. That once you hear Nolan North, you can't unhear it. Un -hear it. Like, it's whenever... like Steve Blum. Like, he voices yeah. like, like he's, I don't, like, I love Steve Blum. But, like, every soldier is just like, nah, I'm Steve Blum. And it's like, oh, wow, you voice, like, every American and every <laughs> yeah, anime dub ever. Sounds like the real American hero. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember playing Batman Arkham City, and then every time Nolan North show up voice for uh, Clug, I'll be like, oh, cool, Nolan North, and I'm totally taken out of the game. Actually, we, yeah, because, like, Nolan North voices all the thugs and the penguin. We met... And, oh, wait, no, never mind. I was going to say Two-Face, but that's Troy Baker. Yeah. That's the other guy. We, we met Nolan North at Fan Expo one year. That was great. And uh, he, Yeah, I've met, I've met Nolan North at Fan Expo, too. He's a oh. lovely dude. Oh, he is. He's he, great. He brought his enjoy. penguin uh, art book, like, oh, the yeah. Batman art book, and then like, it threw Nolan North off because, like, he's like, oh, like, nobody knows I played Penguin. He's like, like yeah, what? I'm, like, a weird fan. Like, yeah, I want to know. I know, but... <laughs> I like you, Nolan. Please sign my book, please. I still have... Oh, I love that collector's edition. Uh, I, I threw him for a loop because I, I walked up and I was like, oh, man, I think you're, like, a really good choice for Deadpool. I like your work in the yeah. Deadpool game. I think Ryan Reynolds gets a lot of, like, you know, he's really good, but, you know, you're a very underrated choice. And he's like, wow, no one ever talks to him about the <laughs> Deadpool game. Well, he does the voices. Yeah. He does, like, the... 
like the you know the angel we, and devil voice. We watched love. someone actually like ask. So he asked, I guess, for his mom, so he his mom could hear Deadpool. Yeah. I guess wish this guy a happy birthday or something, uh-huh. or wish her a happy birthday. He's like, yeah, could you like send a message to my mom like saying happy birthday in the Deadpool voice? And then he did the whole Deadpool voice thing like in front of us, and we're like, oh, that's cool. That's what a sweet. nice guy. Yeah. When we got up to talk to him, we fucking turned it into a journalist thing. Like, yeah, assholes. We asked him about the whole Destiny stuff. Yeah, because he just started working on, like, he that just was the announced. Year Cake yeah, came out. Literally just announced he was going to be replacing Peter Dinklage. And, uh, oh, as right. the, de- yeah. yeah. And so oh, we were like, yeah. man, do you have, do you know, like, what happened with Peter Dinklage? And he's like, you guys aren't like podcasters or journalists or anything like that. Cause he just gotten in shit for leaking stuff from The Last of Us. Cause he went on a podcast. And then leaked a ton of stuff. Yeah, about did the he last spoil one. that if he's in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was really risky. He was just like, yeah, like uh, you guys aren't like any like news outlet or anything. So if I tell you anything, you yeah. won't like spoil anything. And we're like, no, no, like it's cool. He's like, yeah, like Peter Dinklage just got really busy, kind of thing. And then uh, you know, they just said, uh, see ya. <laughs> yeah they were just like uh it, you know it got to a point where they were scheduling stuff with him and he would just not show up i guess or, like yeah, not show not it was fair. just he was just busy and uh they were just like yeah okay we can't do this anymore with him i yeah, guess we need an actual actor to um so nolan north replaced him and we asked him like a bunch about taking king and stuff and he's like oh, i can't tell you that but like you know he he told us about like some i don't even remember what he said but I think he just mentioned that there was going to be like a ship and stuff that you're going to be able to go on. Yeah. All I remember yeah. is the stuff we talked about with Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Because that's I was like, oh, I want to find out the beef. Uh, yeah. The balls on you, man. I would never ask that question. But, but you I straight did. up went you up straight and up asked him. Asked him the and beef. he was, yeah, he was so cool about it. Because, love you, Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Love you too, man. Uh, Nolan, you're the best. You're the best, Nolan. <laughs> um, no, anything else? Just podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thank you, Nolan, for listening. I know if you, you are. If you ever listen. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know. Well, I, I I think we're getting to the point now where we should call up our closures. What was I gonna say? Yeah, closures. The end of the game, maybe. Yeah. How did you feel by the end? I felt definitely that Neil got what he wanted across, but did I agree with the message he was trying to portray and the way he was doing it? No, and that's what made me stop playing the game in the first place. Maybe I'll go back and so maybe I'll go back tonight and try it again, but I I just because while playing the game as because i was literally playing the game straight through like i had been i never stopped and i had found every single collectible i was being so fucking ocd i was like i'm gonna do this all at once i'm gonna platinum the game in one playthrough and then i realized halfway through the game i can't master all the guns in one playthrough and i was like oh wait now i gotta play through this game again and then i realized oh god maybe i won't be able to get the guns until this part again now i gotta upgrade these guns at this part and it's just like oh no that's so, what you had to do in the first game. So you got to play God, through. I'm, I was just scared that I was going to have to play through the game again. Yeah, yeah, luckily in New Game Plus, you get all your weapons yeah. at the start and all your holsters and whatnot. Now, honestly, though, a second playthrough does work a bit better pacing-wise. Does it? Yeah, knowing it does. The pay, like knowing, knowing the entire plot of the game and going through again, like it, it, it is a little bit nicer. It makes a whiplash less of a whiplash. And I think because I had been playing it so like methodically, methodically in one go, like I was relating to Ellie as a character. I was, it was like a movie for me, you know, like everything was happening at once. And then when I got to that point where like the fucking shit ha- like happens in the theater, mm-hmm. I was just, ugh, I hate her so much. Cause it's just like, I'd been spending what, like 20 hours with these characters nonstop. 
engaged with them. And, you know, like there's just a point where you just feel so annoyed with the way Abby talks sometimes. And mm -hmm. like, like Josh was saying at the beginning, like, oh, you know, fuck that guy. Like, you know, like whatever he's dead. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, wow. Okay. You're like really mean. Like, I don't want to like, what? Yeah. Why are this you so mean? I don't want to play as you fun. Like it's fun because you can mow down people. But then at the same time, there was like guns that you could get with her that you couldn't get with Ellie. And then that kind of annoyed me because there was like, I liked the double barrel shotgun. And then like, that wasn't something that was really on Ellie. Right. So I think a feature I enjoy, like just a, a change between the two, like Ellie, you have like, you have your pocket knife, but as Abby, you have to make shivs like in yeah. the first game. And I was, I was when they brought that back, I was like, Oh, you have, you got to collect this to make shivs. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I, I did not miss this. Yeah. Matt, said the same thing. I'm like, thank God you don't have to make shivs. And then I was ahead of him when yeah. he had to figure out you made shivs. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> so like the whole thing with the shivs that pisses me off is like, if she's so coherently in the military or like, Wolves group. Snap next. Why don't they have a Bowie knife? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why the fuck do you not have a knife? It's true. It's yeah. like part of like military code. You're supposed to have like a knife on your boot at all fucking times, man. Well, maybe they don't have enough knives. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but they can get some for the fucking kitchen. Like it's you got a butter knife for your fucking shit there. And then the whole PS Vita placement. Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> fucking stupid as shit placement. It's just like, oh, I'm playing the PS Vita. Oh, you killed me. Oh, like, oh, wow. Just for including that Vita, Sony gave them like an extra $80 million for sure. budgeting. I, I guarantee it. And you know, they're I, like, we will put a PS Vita in this game, Sony. I don't I even know if The Last of Us 2 supports PS Vita remote play no i doubt it but i bet you it was like i don't neil i don't know how you feel about real question Abby. though what is the percentage of people that had no fucking idea what she was what playing a, like how many people yeah. were like oh that's a psp yeah yeah probably that's probably exactly what they were thinking yeah exactly and they realized wait a vita what the fuck what is, is that vita is it made up I just for you could game? play hotline miami on the psp that was cool, though, that you had Hotline Miami in there, though. I'm a yeah. fucking diehard Hotline Miami fan. Speaking of Hotline Miami, and with him being in, a, with Jacket being in the Fall Guys, I'm like, man, I'm never going to get fucking 10 crowns. It's like 10 wins or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want Jacket. Fall Guys, it is the, oh, man, it is going, people are going to hurt friendships over that game, and I'm excited <sighs> yes. to see it. I want to race today. I felt so good. I want a seesaw race. Like it was just like it just happened. I was playing with my friend and she was behind me. And then like it was the mob was behind me. And I just somehow got ahead. And I was just like, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like all the platforms aren't moving because I'm the only one on the seesaw. So it's just like I just fucking yeeted across all of them. And I was just at the end and I look at my like everybody behind me. And they're like all the way at the like this second checkpoint. I'm like, how did I just do this? I've never this, done this, this sounds before. similar. I had a friend who was super into PUBG and he got his like first chicken dinner and he was like, I felt amazing. And I'm like, I never got into like PUBG or Fortnite. I haven't gotten the fall guys yet. And I'm like, does winning feel that good? And he was like you feel like you can, you're on top of the goddamn world. And it seems like Fall Guys is very similar to just winning it is the highest adrenaline rush you can achieve. Right. And I think Fall Guys uh, definitely, I don't know, it's just a change of flow right now. Like I'm just, I'm so done with shooters right now, personally. I don't know what it is. I think, I think that I think that's what everyone's feeling like. Yeah. It's like every game's a battle royale. That's why Ghost of Tsushima was such a relief to me. It just hacking stuff with the sword. So much simpler. I don't need a gun. 
people are really wanting like something else until next gen i think of course and then yeah. you get your sequels to whatever but it's like we need something else to play other than battle royales and fortnite and all these battle royales that are the same or have a battle pass just give me something different it's like oh cool wipeout but with a uh, little uh bean boys okay, and it's cool. free and the battle pass is free and the microtransactions currency is also a game a currency you can earn in the game oh cool and then the actual currency that is worth shit you actually have to work your ass off to get okay oh cool. that hasn't been a thing in like since fucking halo 3 <laughs> Halo 3 and like modern warfare 2 yeah like where you had to work your ass off to get those fucking get gold camos yeah, god it took forever and now in <laughs> call of duty they have like 60 camos after gold now yeah the store place is like oh look you have well, no, like the camel here, they even have it where like so you can get your gold on the gun. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can get your diamond on if you get all the guns on that class gold. Yeah. So if you get all the snipers gold, then you get a diamond sniper. But then if you get all the guns gold and diamond, then you get a black hole skin. Mm-hmm. And then if you get the black hole skin and you go on your favorite weapon, and you level up the black hole skin, you can change its color. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's way too much. Like it's a, it's a little, it's a little extra. It's a bit too much. It's uh, Fall Guys has a wonderful simplicity to it, which exactly. hasn't been felt at least for me for a little bit. It's Unlike not... The Last of Us, which is like this complex, <laughs> super right, complex, super thing. complex game yeah. that. Rides I guess going road. back to, to to closures about The yeah. Last of Us Part Two, I. I I enjoyed my time playing it. I think the gameplay is really, really fun, like 80% of the time. And I definitely respect it for trying to do what it sought out to do. And I think for the most part, it succeeds. And I also got to just give Neil credit that, like, he didn't write something for everyone. He wrote something he wanted to. And he seemingly does not care whether people enjoy it or not, just the fact that it is made. So I think that's cool artistically, but I'm far more excited to see him write a TV show now than a video game. So I would give The Last of Us Part Two a very solid 7 out of 10. Okay, that's a good score, actually. I think I sit around the same thing, actually. Like Where I feel like Neil put his everything into this, whether I agree with it or not, doesn't change the fact that it, you know, the gameplay is so fluent and the swapping weapons feels great. And the grass movement is just flawless. And just like the whole environment alone, like each time you go into an area is just gorgeous for different reasons. Whether it's because of the gross ass fungus around you that's like literally looks like it's living. Or it's the fact that you're watching this gorgeous, destroyed, decrepit apocalypse scenery that's been taken over by plants, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Maybe the story for me didn't, it fell flat in some ways, but I still love Ellie as a character and it still made me love Ellie more as a character for her development in the, I guess, game. And so I sit around like, yeah, I guess it's a seven out of 10 is kind of where I'm sitting at too. It's it's not like I didn't enjoy what I played to the point I played at, but then once it hit that point, I was just like, I can't, I'm sorry, Neil. I, I love you and I love everything else you've done. But to that point, it was just like, I understand what you're doing but i don't feel comfortable playing with like i've always been that guy in video games like gta where i have to drive like with the law like i'll drive on the right side of the road i don't fucking know why yeah i I just do it nobody's telling me to do it so it's just like (laughs) it's the same idea where you know you have avi as this character who's like not really like all that genuine as a person 
and you know you have to play as her and i'm like oh this is gross like i don't want to do this like usually in games i like i don't know i've always been that guy especially in infamous to beat the bad ending first just get it the fuck out of the way and then i enjoy the good ending or like the good storyline you know what i mean and i just play through it slowly because i actually want to enjoy it i don't know it's just I hate doing bad things in games. It's just never been my favorite thing. Because it just Matt will never beat Red Dead Two. He's too busy giving people rides home. I, that's my problem, man. I'm serious. I spent hours doing that shit. Don't worry, buddy. I can't rob this bank. This woman needs a ride back to her husband that doesn't like her. I can't do this anymore. I need to bring her back so she can beat her and then do it all over again the next day. Don't worry, I'll always be there to pick you up. You wait there. <laughs> I'll just wait for the NPC to spawn yeah. again. Um, for me, I think Matthew said it earlier, I'm like the audience that Neil envisioned or really wanted to get out of this game. I loved every moment of it, despite its clunky and you know inherently messy structure. Yeah. I think it was... I describe it as someone on a tightrope, right? They're holding that big lawn pole and they're walking on the lawn. And then every so often, they'll kind of tip over and they'll go, oh, and then they almost fall down, but then they get back on. And it's such a event as they walk across. And then by the end, when they make it, the crowd cheers and everyone goes insane. And then for me, that's how it worked. By the end, I'm like, you know what? This was messy, but it worked for me. Honestly, I think I, I like it a bit more than the first game. A little bit I more. definitely am thinking more about this game than than I did when I finished <laughs> than I finished the first one. The first one doesn't have as much character development, that's for sure. Like the way they focus on Ellie as a character in this one is completely different than the way they focus on Ellie and Joel's story and the first game. Because in the first game, it was about the development of them and you know having a, like in a way family that relationship of you know, loss and the feeling of loss and how people deal with it. Right. And how people can come to still together to make a better situation, I guess, in a way. But then, so I guess the first game was just a, in a way lighthearted. It's, it's so much darker, but it was much more simpler. Like it wasn't darker as in like, Oh, like, you know, I think it was darker as in like, you know, like it's when the apocalypse started. So you hear the stories of like people killing people. Right. Mm -hmm for like fucked up reasons but it's like in you're to the point now in the last of us two where it's like the walking dead in season five where it's just like they're chopping up zombies like it's fucking nothing yeah they're and then they're, they're more focused on the people as the threat mm -hmm. and that's kind of what it is in last of us two where it's like the infected are there but i don't think the humans ever completely see them as a full-on threat anymore as much as they did in the first game like in the first game the characters are like holy fuck these things are terrifying and they don't completely understand them yet but then now it's gone through, what, 15, 20 years of the virus being a thing, I think is what it was by that point in The Last of Us 2. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have now these people who, like The Walking Dead, can just mow down these things mm -hmm. like it's just chopped liver and they do it on a daily like, basis. Uh, like when a, a good example of it is in, in the beginning when you're Abby and you're running with Joel and Tommy and Joel is just like... I don't want to say no scoping, but he's I just like <laughs> one shotting every single zombie he's hitting with his revolver. They're throwing Molotovs and it's like this awesome action part. And yeah. They have a machete and chopping off heads. Oh, so it's so awesome. I love that. I loved it. I'm the like, introduction oh. to The Last of Us 2 is way better than The Last of Us 1, in my opinion. I love The Last of Us oh, 1. Oh, that's a take. 
story. Like, I don't mean the introduction, the first like 10 minutes, like, oh, okay. the first 10 minutes of Uncharted or Last of Us one is phenomenal. Yeah. It's way better than this one. But I mean, in the first four hours, sure. like the first three or four chapters, like the introduction to, to the point where Joel dies, that like whole, like, it seems so fast mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the game. It's like, bang, 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 bang. Like this is all happening right now where the rest of the game focuses on a, like a slower pace. It feels like, because there's no immediate danger in no. a way. It's not like uh, where in The Last of Us 1, you know, Joel and Ellie, they have to get there by this time. Like they, they need to get there as soon as possible because otherwise people are more people are dying. Right. Where in this one, it's just like it's a revenge thing. So going at a slower pace makes more sense. Right. Absolutely. And the game definitely takes a slower pace than the first game for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The game, I think, is almost it feels like it's double the length yeah. of the first one. I was playing the original before the first one came out. I was halfway through it. I was playing maybe 12 hours, 10 hours maybe. And I spent 10 hours on day one of Seattle with Ellie. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this game is so long. I feel like I should be near the end by now. And then it goes on <laughs> where I ended up being like 30 hours for me. Uh, how long did you guys end up? Well, I know you haven't finished it. Matt, I was at about 21 when I stopped. Or do you 22. know, do you know Tyler, how long you ended up playing for? How long the game was for you? I think it was around 30 or yeah, 35 okay. for me. It was like, yeah, I, I feel like if, if I was close to 40, mainly if it was close to 40, it was because I was just, you know, scavenging a little bit longer than I probably should have been. Yeah. See, I was a dirty boy. I looked up blueprints. <laughs> and like where everything was. And stuff I, like I literally skimmed the whole map. Yeah, I was oh, just going across the whole thing. Jeez, Jesus. Um, I mean, I can tell. I, I mean, I can maybe, see why doing that would be would be beneficial. And, you know, maybe that's what made the game not fun for me anymore by that point. Because I had been going and like I wasn't playing the game to play the game. I was co- collecting everything. And yeah. I, I was so scared that I would miss something. And like if I, you know, I would go back and I would literally play back chapters just in case I missed something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, in reality, did I need to do all that? No, it's just mm-hmm. my OCD personality. And maybe if I didn't do that and didn't focus on all these collectibles in the game, maybe I would have enjoyed Abby's story a little bit more. Because I, I just, I fucking wanted to get all those coins. Man. <laughs> the coins, yeah. Got to get all those quarters. <laughs> on a totally unrelated note about those coins. It is so weird how many I didn't get on my first playthrough because I was like, oh, like there's They're no the much collectibles in this part. Well hidden ones. And then I end up playing the second time and I look up guides and stuff. I'm like, whoa, I missed so much. Because I heck? was telling you you missed yeah, them. You missed so I because he was ahead of me, right? So I was telling him all the collectibles I had. And I had more collectibles than him. And like I was like an hour behind him. And he was like so confused. He's like, like, What what? I looked like, everywhere. How? Like I wasn't like speeding through. I was yeah. looking. So I was like, What? Anyways, back to Those, final thoughts. Yeah. Um oh, I was saying that yeah. um you mentioned, Matthew, you felt it more character-wise development in the second one. I would argue it's more of a thematic development yeah. than maybe character, yeah. but I think that's more semantics. Um, overall, I would honestly say this is... I really, really respected this game. It took a risk, and I enjoyed it. A lot of people say this, when some they see a movie like Schindler's List or you know, something with that certain tone where it's like, that was a great movie, but I'll never watch it again. That's like The Last of Us I wouldn't say, I I mean, I would play Last of Us 2 again, but I would say it's on the same scale of, it's probably the best game I've played, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's not my favorite game. God of War and Batman Arkham City, I enjoyed much more, in my opinion. But this is by far the best game I've played, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. So, I would give it a 10. You're going to give it a 10 out of 10? 
it's not perfect. <laughs> 10 out of 10 does not mean perfect for yeah. me. But I can imagine the people would be like, oh my god, 10 out of 10, what an idiot. Neo fanboy. Yeah, Neo fanboy. No, I, I understand. Uh, I totally get whenever I talk to someone at work, they'll be like, but like when Abby does this, it makes no sense. How is she both so buff? I'm like, I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, is, it is weird how she's so mega buff. Yeah. I don't care. I like the game. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you had one thing to add about the collectibles there, Tyler, right? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, uh, like, I, I appreciate how, how well hidden the coins are in the second part. And I just, if anything, I just wish there was a point in the game, maybe an Ellie side, where she had like, uh, like a binder or something where she had all her card collectibles in. Oh, yeah, I thought is. that would be really funny. But no, you could just have them in your backpack, which is mm. fine. Imagine like you get to the um, boat in the very end when you're Ellie and you get to Abby's boat. She has like a jar of coins there. <laughs> And you see the jar of coins, you pick it up, and you just smash it or something. And then Abby <laughs> actually kills it. her. Then Abby just kills yeah, her. Yeah, like, you destroyed all that work. <laughs> that was everything yeah. to my father. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are two points we haven't talked about yet. Sorry. My apologies before we finish. But the doctor guy. And then the other point being... Uh, fuck, now I forget. But I guess we can go on about the doctor. But, like, he was not really an important character in the first game. And Neil focused on him so drastically in the second game as a plot point for Abby's character. I would say it's a retcon to a certain I think extent. It's just a retcon. And there's an issue with some people where they're, and with you too, I know you feel the same way where they never asked in the first game for Ellie's consent. And yeah. they never just straight up asked Joel if it was okay. And they, they never give the option. They, that was the thing with the doctor is just like, oh, he's just so such this compassionate guy, but he doesn't confront Joel at all about it at all. Yeah, or asks Ellie if it's okay, like yeah. you have a daughter. And I think that's a valid point. And I think it works for me because I don't think even if they asked Joel for permission, he would have said no, and I think he would have done the same thing. And that's the thing, that's what he knew. Yeah. The father knew that in putting in the situation, he would have killed them all. Yeah. And then Neil also knew. Like from a writing standpoint, it wouldn't matter if they gave if they gave Joel the choice. His choice was already made. But giving Ellie the choice would have been so much different. But I think it would have ruined this. It would have ruined the story of this game, though. Yeah. That's why it's such a delicate. It's almost like a, a delicate. It, it's plot a plot hole. hole. I think it's a plot hole. I think it's totally valid. But it's like if you ruin it. Oh. Oh, everything okay? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm oh, okay. fine. Sorry okay. about that. That's, That's okay. okay. I'm sitting. I'm sitting in a lawn chair. It was just the arms of the oh, lawn chair. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, that's what I was saying. It's such a delicate plot hole where it's like, just, just forget about that. Just yeah. forget that they didn't ask. You know what I mean? Cause it is a totally valid point. And as a doctor, it's like your job to save every life. Yeah. And they don't establish like they're in a rush or something. I think mm -hmm. they would have been different if they maybe established, oh, we need to do this now for whatever reason. They don't really. No, like maybe if it was that like Abby's mom was infected on the verge of like turning and then it's just like we need to do this now because then we can make the cure for Abby's mom and like then that would mean uh, I don't know like I guess Abby's would have felt like you know Joel doing what he did would be even worse. Or just say because of the drowning or something like there was a limited amount of time they could do it before she dies or something. Like Something. Something. something to but consists to make it so the decisions 
as Rashid as it is and as Rashid as it is, you know, it, it has reason behind it. But they never give that reason. No. And I think it's literally just because of the fact that Joel would have made that made the choice at the end of the first mm-hmm. game either way. Um, I, it's a choice. I don't know. I do, it doesn't bug me. I give the game the benefit of the doubt where I go, okay, yeah, that's a totally valid, re- re- yeah, that's a totally valid reason, but I don't care. And then the second thing I wanted to mention that we forgot to mention is one thing that Uncharted and Night Dog and Last of Us do that's so particularly strange and fantastic is they've mastered the art of creating these journals in the game where like, you know, the main character is writing out this like her life basically as it's happening and, you know, in artistic form, in like diary form. And it's just something I feel like Nutty Dog's like perfected in their time in video games. Like, I don't know if it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of glad it doesn't go like the Red Dead 2 route where it's literally like a book you yeah. can read where it's like Arthur's entire mental thoughts on yeah, the exactly, game's plot right? thus far, which is I read the journal entries all the time. They're great. I do like where Ellie's are more like it's a poem or it's like a short sentence and some drawings. And it you know, doesn't let you know entirely what she's thinking, but it's like, but you want you know, to it gives it. you a good insight and you want to read them. Yeah. And then the third thing we didn't talk about was the guitar and how you can play the guitar in the game and uh, how people have played Coldplay. And yeah, Tyler, have, did you <laughs> get to the songs. part where they play uh, "Take on Me"? Did you uh, find that part? That, oh man, that, there was a few points in the game where I'm like, I could tell they 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 expect me to tear up here, and the "Take on Me" part was like the part where I actually was I was closest to actually tearing up. Very <laughs> effective. Yeah, that's a great and the, and it's hidden. Like I was talking to people that never discovered it, and they're yeah, way past. And like, wait, there's take on me in that. It's like, yeah, you go to the music shop. You never went there, yeah. and they go. Oh, there's I a Pearl guess. Jam poster there too. Yeah, Pearl Jam poster, yeah. Well, the main song, like the I have it on my phone. Um, the main song that they use that Joel sings in the very beginning, and that the song that Ellie's trying to play, and then by the end when she loses her finger, she can't play. The name of the song is a Pearl Jam song. I think it's like Life Better Days, I think. The na- oh, Future Days. Yeah. That's the name of the song. That's a Pearl Jam song. That came out in 2013. Yeah, I told you yeah. that. I love I love that little stuff whenever they go, oh, the world ended in 2013. Um, you know, how do we make it so technology never moved forward? Okay, Pearl Jam song from 2013. <laughs> the Vita, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, no one, who, it's stupid. But, I mean, it's from 2013. <laughs> Hollow Miami, I'm pretty sure, came out in 2013, too. Yeah, it actually Like, did. yeah, there's a little... Yeah, I love that sort of thing. Little stuff like that, where it's like, oh, they had to research it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. In a way. They all lived through 2000. That's true, but you have to make sure that, oh, did These that song right. come out before yeah. or during 2013? I yeah. I like that sort of thing. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Anything else you think we missed? <laughs> no, I think we've talked thoroughly about uh, The Last of Us 2 and other, other games we enjoy while talking about The Last of Us 2. No, I'm yeah. I pretty much got everything I wanted to say about this game off my chest. All right, that's good. Uh, I think this is where we're going to close the podcast. It's been great having you, Tyler, as a guest. I'd love to have you on more often as a reoccurring guest, maybe when we do video game reviews. Uh, I'd like cool. that. Sounds yeah. fun. Why not, right? Yeah. What, what, what else are you doing up there other than playing The Witcher, right? Oh, yeah, uh, The Witcher. <laughs> tried to, I tried playing Ghost of Tsushima in like yeah. the black and white mode, but the game is honestly too good looking to do it sometimes. See, I want, when I play through it's it, like, I totally want to do it the black and white, but I, I think I might have the same issue where it's just going to be too gorgeous to do it. Yeah. 
You're like, I spent all my time making my character look really nice with this outfit. I kind of want to see what it looks like, you know, in color. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And uh, where could, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast catch you on uh, Moose uh, on their website, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can head over to our either use Radio Player Canada and look up 100.1 The Moose, Yellowknife and A River. You can listen to us there or you can head over to myyellowknifenow.com and listen live function there. Uh, but obviously, if somehow you're listening to this and you're in the broadcast area of Yellowknife or uh, shortly outside of Yellowknife, you can just tune your dial to 100.1 on the radio. But if you probably do that anywhere else, you'll be on another radio station that I'm sure is also good. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? Radio's I will not be on it. Is there anything else you want to plug while you're uh, here? Uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah do- if you haven't, uh, nothing really to plug for me, but uh, if you haven't played um, Hotline Miami, we talked about it, if you haven't played that, play that game. Yeah, and uh, if you're thinking about getting Ghost of Tsushima, do it, because it's probably the last great game on the PS4. And uh it's yeah just it's a good game play it sucker punch deserves your money they do sucker punch has worked hard their whole career to create something Mm -hmm. so unique and what's funny is um some of the japanese studios i think it was konami's head uh developer came out on twitter and said uh man it's such a shame that you know an american company made a japanese samurai game before we did yeah what a shame. Yeah, it was like so authentic. Like it's so well done. It's like, damn it. Yeah, he was so upset. <laughs> he was just like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't Japanese people make a Japanese game about Japanese people? What mm-hmm. happened here? Yeah. Where did we go wrong? Well, I think it's mostly because most people in Japan are playing League of Legends and MOBAs and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And don't really, I don't know. There, there's definitely people in Japan, I'm sure, that care for plot. But it's just like, but not just plot. I think it's more of like a history thing, right? Yeah. They do care for plot, but they, they like their plot in their Yakuza games. It's, it's different. <laughs> I could, I don't, uh, yeah, that Yakuza series. I don't There's understand. literally porn in it. I, it's, I don't get it. It's, there's so much from, stuff. From porn to going to ramen noodle shops yeah. to karaoke. Got to do it all. They fight vampires in one of the games. Really? I had no plot. idea. Oh, God. No, I think in Yakuza 3, there's vampires. That's crazy. Oh, God. That's a, <laughs> a tangent from another day. Oh, and it's man. like not played for laughs at all. It's like we, the Yakuza, are the only ones that can stop these vampires. <laughs> I might be remembering it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that gets no, really weird. That sounds about right. That'd be, that would be great. Because there's a lot of... I played Zero, and there's a lot of weird fucking people in that game that you meet. And so, like, I can completely believe it. Uh, But, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Tyler. Uh, Is there anything you want to play before we go, Josh? Um, Yeah, I guess uh, follow me on Joshiwashi Reviews on Instagram or Facebook or uh, Twitter or whatever social media media program that you use. Uh, You can just follow me straight up at Joshua underscore Hendricks. Um, And then... Tyler plugged a game, so I'm going to plug a game too. Yeah, why not? If you like the the sloppy thematic um, significance in The Last of Us 2, Play Inside. It's by the creators of Limbo. It is about two to three hours long. You won't understand what it means, but nope. if you go research it or play it over again, you might understand it a bit more or really hate it because nothing happens <laughs> except for oh, the end. Sec- but... It's good. Second I like it tinier plug, reminding me of something from inside. Second tinier plug. If you have a Nintendo Switch, 
get carrion it's like the first really really fun third party game to be on the switch yeah i think i have very it's, very worth getting it's with three or you play as three different characters if i'm correct right or no it's it's like i know it's a like it's similar to inside right the way it's done yeah you you play as like basically like a, a parasite that's escaped from a facility that's right and you get upgrades and you're like this disgusting husk of meat it's very fun. If you've ever watched The Thing, you're basically playing as The Thing. Sweet. And it's That's Devolver, cool. so it's very, very so graphically <laughs> violent while being pixelated. So nice. lots Speak, of fun. Speaking of Devolver, if we're going to plug games, I'll plug F- Fall Guys because who's not playing that right now? And I don't, know if, I don't know if you've heard about this, Tyler, but there is a bidding war going on on Twitter for a skin in the game. And last I checked, it was at $325,000 by Mr. Beast. So what is the skin? So it's is, just is, so they can put their own skin in the game and it's for charity. Oh. So whoever pays up, the money's all going <laughs> to charity. But like oh, KFC, well, Wendy's has put their money into this. Uh, a lot of the and like, Mr. Beast is going to beat them. That, well, that's, the, that's the outcome of this. So far. Uh, <laughs> but Ninja right. just I I, actually literally a few uh, hours ago, Ninja said, I've, oh, I've decided there's no way I'll be able to beat Mr. Beast without some help. Aim Lab with our power combined and our bid of four hundred and twenty thousand sixty nine dollars. That supports a special effect we can take. This Fall Guys game, we got it. So now it's no, like I a fucking eleven skin. No. It's straight up like a uh, <laughs> like it's democracy shit. Like ninjas teaming up with other people to put money together to make. No, they made a combined skin. To beat so Mr. Beast. Yeah, so they made Mr. a combined skin. Like five, 500K. So they, they <laughs> had, AimLab had their own skin and Ninja had his own skin. And so someone, one of the concept artists at AimLab has now made an AimLab Ninja skin. Oh my God. So it's Ninja's <laughs> bandana with the Ninja hair, but it's like, just like AimLab looking weird dots all over him with I the think, AimLab symbol. I think what will end up happening, whoever wins it, you know, get their skin, but I think, you know, Ninja and stuff like that will end up getting some, you know what I mean? You like eventually. So? Yeah, I think so. It's a nice, you know, nice competition now where people can go, go Mr. Beast, go Ninja. I was going to say Mr. Ninja for a second. Go Mr. Ninja. I or just whatever. And love, then... I think that what I love so much about it is that these devs are literally 24 years old. They're all our age yeah. and they're all living in their fucking mom's apartments and their fucking studio apartments. Yeah, and their shit. Twitter is great. And, and, but their Twitter is amazing. It's like, what's your plan for reaching like 100k followers? I don't know why we have none. I'm serious. We don't have any. <laughs> Suggest some plans. It's great. One of their plans was to get rid of Yellow Team. So when they hit one... <laughs> <laughs> 1 million subscribers or not subscri- or followers, followers on Twitter they, they said they would delete yellow team Tyler <laughs> just get rid of so there will be no more yellow yeah, team because everyone's game. complaining about it yeah. so yeah there's like team games where there's a blue red or yellow and what ends up happening is everyone gains up on yellow team and they always lose so what happens is whenever you're on the team, you end up leaving. So now God, this is like Pokemon Go with the teams all oh, over again. Yeah. They, they realistically mean nothing, but they mean everything. What's funny is in Pokemon Go, it was the yellow team too that everyone hated on. Yeah, which exactly. I was on yep. Team Spock, yeah, whatever. yellow team sucked. <laughs> Go red. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, we're finishing the podcast here. Thanks guys for coming. And, uh, I guess follow us on Instagram, face it on Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix or fix. This has been face it. And I'm your host, Matt. And this has been Josh and Tyler. Uh, if you guys don't want to say bye or like some sort of sayonara before we go. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And, uh, 
watch yourself if you're driving. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, don't don't drive and listen too intensely. I used to do that. Yeah. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a real thing. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one everyone and if you're driving stay safe and uh yeah. This has been Face It. And bye.